Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Monday, January the 31st. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am joined by the one and only, the infamous or famous, either way you want to look at it, the man, the myth, the legend, it's Gundacker. How are you, man? You're happy Monday. Weather changing in our uh, neck of the woods, and tonight, no West Coast games, so us old schoolers can... Maybe go to bed at a decent hour and everything locks within an hour. Or so uh, for a big slate, we shouldn't have to chase news around too much. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be decent. I mean, there's still some big news that will drop like always. But like you said, you know, late swaps going to be limited with all the games at 7, 7.30 and 8. Uh, you know, you're going to have to pretty much know what's going on and get things uh, locked in there. So it should be good, but a great slate of games. Uh, this, by the way, is DFS Coach Talk, and this is our daily uh, seven-day-a-week NBA podcast that we put out in front of the paywall. Really appreciate Gunn coming over and uh, running this with us. I, I had the pleasure of doing the show with him last week with with uh, he and Raj. I like Raj, man. He cracks me up. Um, so, Yeah. <laughs> No comment on Raj. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's a, he's a true. I call him the the DFS Skip Bayless man, and uh, sometimes <laughs> you, you need a little friction, man. He makes me he makes me, you know, ugly girls gotta or, or uh, pretty girls gotta have ugly girls to uh, make them look prettier. I gotta have uh, hot takes to make him look sharper, man. I love it, man. He's definitely <laughs> passionate about his side of what he's standing on. That's for sure. But shout out to Big Raj. If, if we get <laughs> hockey going, I'm gonna have Raj come in. You know. Canadian, you're automatically uh, oh, yeah. qualified for hockey. Yep, nope. soccer, all that. <laughs> and I just assume you could speak French. Absolutely. Wee <laughs> <laughs> oui, wee. Oui. Um, anyway, we're going to dive into this eight-game slate like we normally do on our pods. We're going to go team by team, game by game, break it out, tell us what, we're, what things are looking like. So we'll do a game set for each game, and we're going to get started right now. First game, 7 o'clock, Memphis Grizzlies and the Philadelphia 76ers. Phillies favored by two at 218.5 total. 108.25 implied for Memphis, 110.25 for the Philadelphia 76ers. Memphis comes in 35 and 17, Philly 30 and 19. Injury designations right now, Tyus Jones questionable. So Jaws backup may be back, which could take a couple of minutes here and there. Uh, and we know that uh, Dylan Brooks is out. For Philly, Moz is questionable, so that will affect that guard rotation a bit. Shake Milton and the one and only Ben Simmons still remain out. So before I throw it to Gunn, let me throw some numbers at you because we always like to filter those into the mix. Uh, it is an island game for both teams. Memphis is sixth in the league in pace, Philadelphia 27th. So big pace up for Philly, big pace down for Memphis. Defensively, though, Gunn, we have two top 10 teams here. Memphis is seventh and uh, Philly 10th in defensive efficiency. So I'll throw it to you with the Memphis Grizz. Does this look like a jaw night, you think? Yeah, every night lately is looking like a jaw night. And you mentioned Dylan Brooks out. Uh, so, yeah, while Tyus Jones might be back, eat some minutes. I don't think 
Uh, I don't think Ja will get uh, less than he wants or less than the team needs from him. Uh, I think we got, what, a two-point spread, something like that. So yeah, Philly I love – early on, I love throwing Ja at Embiid in a collection of lineups. So those are actually my top two uh, projected fantasy scorers on the slate. So uh, wow. extra positive correlation. Uh, I have Embiid way higher than Ja Morant right now. Uh, but, man, John Morant's just so much fun to watch, and he's playing at such a high level. So uh, I will definitely be very interested in, in some John Morant exposure tonight. Yeah, and, you know, I I can see it and on both sides, Jaw and Embiid. And usually the 218 and a half, you know, you don't do uh, somersaults over. But the, the numbers are low tonight on the over-unders. I mean, there's there's a game, you know, later that we'll talk about that's 228 and a half, which is decent. But the rest of them are all right in that same ballpark with this Memphis-Philly game. So I agree. I think some exposure there is really good. Uh, does the 10-1 price on Jaw or the 11-8 price on Embiid scary at all? Or can you go with both? Uh, I think on drafting, it's going to be harder uh, uh, to get them both in the same lineup going at each other. Fandle's going to be a, a lot easier. We're going to have a lot of value out of the Thunder on Fandle, i.e. Right. Josh Giddy. Uh, but Giddy was priced up on DraftKings to where he's not as much of a free square. Uh, but on, right. on Fandle, I think I'm getting to both these guys pretty liberally. Uh, even some Steph Curry in the mix. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But on, on DK, I could see it being a little bit tougher to squeeze out. Yeah. And I, I agree with you, though. I mean, uh, Philly has not defended point guards that well. And, you know, Jaws just on in such a, a zone right now. I'm with you. I'll tell you, though, uh, for me, a couple of guys I'm also considering, Desmond Bain at 6'1", because he's at that lower mid-level pricing, I think is, is fair. Uh, I don't trust Jaron Jackson at 6'7". I say that every podcast. And then <laughs> I do use him some of the time because he does get it done. And he's been better. It's just, it's such a risk, you know? Yeah, Jaron Jackson Jr. is on an incredible uh, pace this year when it comes to blocks and steals. Oh, I know. Uh, he's had a pair of six block games in his last three. John yeah. Morant and the team really trying to push him as a candidate for defensive player of the year. Uh, a lot of times blocks turn into fouls. And if he's going to be up against Embiid here and there and some Tobias Harris, it becomes very volatile. But there is some risk we're taking uh, behind Jared Jackson. And then, you know, with Dylan Brooks, I'm with you. Uh, not Dylan Brooks, with um, Desmond, uh, Bain. Desmond Bain. As long as Dylan Brooks is out again, uh, Desmond right. Bain has a true shot to be second or third on the team in shot attempts, probably closer to second here. Uh, right. So if we're going to, you know, give them 100 10 points here. Uh, I, I think Desmond Bain has a real shot at 20 of those points. So I can get behind Desmond Bain. I do like that DraftKings price. And, you know, it's it's the biggest discrepancy I've seen all year when uh, from player to player. When Brooks is off the floor, it's almost like all his usage goes right to Bain because Morant already has his and everybody else just sort of gets what's left over. But, uh, yeah, Bain is definitely on my radar today. Um Anybody else on the, the you know, paying up for Embiid is probably what I'm looking at. He's my favorite pay up. I also have him projected with the most uh, DFS points for the, the entire slate. But uh, anybody else there, you know, get your interest. How about Steph's brother, Seth? <laughs> you could go double curry here if you're if you're into Indian food. 
<laughs> Shout out to Raj, right? Um, <laughs> uh, Tyrese, actually, I always say that in Raj is Sri Lankan, but it, it's all the same, right? I don't know. Um, Tyrese Maxey, Seth Curry would be two guys that I consider. I do like to pick on John Morant uh, where I can. I think the Memphis Grizzlies have overall really solid defense, but John Morant is the uh, the hole here. So uh, if I can get behind some Seth Curry, some, some Tyrese Maxey, diversify my portfolio at the guard position i definitely don't mind it but no frontier like have to haves i'm with you i definitely will have some solid solid uh, salary spent and exposure in this first game though i'm with you all right game two seven o'clock also it's the cleveland cavaliers hosting the new orleans pelicans cleveland favored by seven and a half it's a 210 total 101.25 implied for the Pelicans, 108.75 for the Red Hot Cleveland Cavaliers, 10 games over 500. Um, Pelicans come in 18 and 31. Cleveland, as I stated, uh, playing way better than anybody would have guessed at 30 and 20. But massive, like, you know, I think you alluded to earlier, there's so much news on the Pelicans to drop. It's sort of ridiculous. How about Ingram, Hart, and Valachunas? All questionable so how the heck do you break a game down when you have their three best players maybe in maybe out uh, we do know that Luzada and my buddy cheeseburgers Williamson still out for Cleveland it's just Lori Barkin and he is out everybody else in for Cleveland so this this game is interesting to me I I debated it quite a bit early on here back and forth it is the first night of a back-to-back -back for the Pels and the second night of a back-to-back -back for Cleveland. So we got that in the mix as well. But uh, both teams pace-wise, it's, it's not good. 22nd and 24th, respectively. And then defensively, the Pels don't defend well. They're 26th. We know that's been the secret uh, sauce for the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're third in the league. How are you handling this initial New Orleans confusion? Yeah, it comes down to news. Uh, obviously, Brandon Ingram and Josh Hart are out. Uh, Nikel Alexander-Walker uh, will look like a potential value here. It's hard to get overexcited. Uh, as you mentioned, Cavs have such a good defense. Both teams yeah. play at a down pace. Uh, but just from a you know bumping opportunity for the price point, uh, we could have access to NAW. We could have access to Jose Alvarado, who might be more fun on FanDuel or, or Yahoo because he – get so many steals and um the Cavs even though the Cavs run the slowest pace they actually allow the second most steals per game which is one of the right. weirdest stats about them because they're so good at uh, everything yeah, else it doesn't make sense <laughs> yeah. but Al Alvarado's been so good at picking pockets and that plus three per uh steal uh would really really add up quickly on on Fandle and DK and then Jonas Valanciunas they're gonna they, they would really like his size and uh to use him here against this Cavs front court notoriously uh, a big if he can't go uh get another game of Willie Hearn and Gomez and I know Gomez let the world down in that last outing but I don't think his uh, price point is efficient if JVal ends up missing this game and we saw him go 12 rounds with Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic and uh you know offer 40 50 fantasy point uh, upside the Boston Celtics are uh, kind of a bottom three matchup for centers so I'm willing to forgive uh, his lack of production in that spot. And, uh, you know, I don't have a lot of expectations for a center against the Cavs, but I do think that the 5K price point uh, is too soft if J-Val was out. If we start playing this guy in, this guy out, 
you know, Ingram's missed a stretch of games uh, to where I, I might lean to him being closer to out than in, um, which if that is the case and like J-Val played, I'd be interested in J-Val just a little bit. Again, matchup not great, but the price is fine. And then Devontae Graham uh, probably – Leads the team in shot attempts and uh, you know five 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 four. We kind of put him in the same bubble as like a Seth Curry or Maxi, where uh, the median range of outcome is probably okay, but there is a spike po- possibility of you know high thirty. So uh, yeah, a lot of news uh, uh, anchoring this one, but luckily it's part of the first set of games, and it's and uh, we should have as much news um, as we need to uh, make some decisions in due time. I'm with you 100%. And that news is going to, you know, spell everything out for me both ways. Because if the Pels decide to punt this game and sit all those guys, then, you know, you got to really anticipate this game blows out. It's already a seven and a half spread with all those guys considered in. So, uh, you know, not only would it uh, hurt the Pels side, but I think it would really uh, push me away from wanting to play any of the Cleveland guys on the second night of a back to back when they, also, uh, you know, could blow them out. So I'm with you. Just let's wait and see if, you know, if all the guys are out for the Pelicans, you're definitely going to get some great value with like a Devontae Graham at 5-4, Herb Jones at 5-1, like you said, Nas at 5-2. And, you know, if it goes even deeper, Temple at 3-8 and Alvarado at 3-9 at least can be in the conversation. So let's see how this one plays out. And uh, definitely not my favorite game Either way, but it's going to be force value, I think, if if they do sit the majority of those guys. Yeah, um, and then yeah, if if uh, if the game can stay close, there's a couple of calves that I wouldn't mind sprinkling in the player pool. Maybe more so on Fanduel, the Darius Garland 8100 price point. Uh, the the Pelicans, if they do play, despite a slow pace, they have one of the worst defensive efficiencies in basketball. And yeah. Darius Garland has been so good since Sexton and Rubio been down 27% usage rate with a 44% assist rate. So 9-1, yeah. I get it. That's tough on DK. There's some pivots there. But at 8,100 on FanDuel, there's definitely some meat left on the bone. So I would be interested in getting to some uh, Cavs exposure. Uh, but like you said, if, uh, if the Pelicans – if the Pelicans put out a G League roster, it's it's, uh, it's hard to uh, have hope for ceiling games from uh, potentially limited minutes in a, a lopsided game. Yeah, I, I'm with you. $1,000 discount on Garland on FanDuel is going to be tough to pass up. I agree completely. All right, man, let's go to game three. There's three 7 o'clock games. Uh, the third one is the L.A. Clippers and the Indiana Pacers. Indiana's favored by two and a half, a solid 220 total, 108.75 for the Clippers and 111.25 for the Pacers. Clippers come in 500 ball, 26 and 26. The nightmare season for Indiana continues at 18 and 33. Look for them to blow it up here by that February 10th deadline. I think they're going to move, excuse me, move several guys. Uh, As far as designations, Batum questionable which makes a difference for that Clipper rotation for sure. We know George Leonard and Preston are out. For Indiana, the big man Bataze and Brissett, both uh, backup bigs, are questionable. And then the guys we know are already designated out, Brogdon, McConnell, Turner, and Warren. Coming into the game, second night of a back-to-back for the Clippers, somehow have maintained this 
500 record without their best players by far. Uh, and they come in with a 14th pace in the league against Indiana, which is 20th. Defensively, the secret sauce for them, also defense. They are eighth in the league in defense, and that's mainly without George and with no Kawhi. So that's that's pretty impressive. Uh, Indiana, not so much. 25th in the league. So very tough. I mean, I have found it difficult the, the last week or so, gun since really, well, actually a couple weeks that, that George has been out just trying to put my finger on which value Clipper is going to get it done. We've seen Coffee jump up. We've seen Batum jump up. Canard, man. Do you Can you make sense of this Clippers team? No, and a lot of it is a scoreboard influence, and we've seen Ty Lue completely bench uh, you know, most of his rotation, go to a different squad. We saw it again last night where the yeah. fourth quarter, none of the starters played. Uh, scoreboard was lopsided, and guys like Justice Winslow, uh, who is rarely a, a piece in the rotation, come in, came in, played the entire fourth quarter. Hardenstein, uh, Luke Kennard, guys like that. Remember a couple games back against the Wizards, they were down, what, 35 points in the second 35 quarter? 35 in the third quarter. And they bench three of the five starters and somehow come back and beat the Wizards. So uh, Ty Lue is, you know, staying in his bag of tricks to, uh, uh, I guess, keep the most competitive or the most uh, spirited lineup out there. And it's really hard free flop to, to guess right. Uh, you mentioned uh, back to back here uh, in the back of my head. I'm wondering if, uh, you know, they look at Marcus Morris as a potential uh, rest candidate. We've seen him take some back to backs off. And yesterday was his first game back uh, yeah. since uh, a, a personal leave here. And if Nick Batum is down uh, as well, uh, Terrence Mann might be in line for larger minutes. And then uh, if that happens, this entire Clippers team is what six K or less on on both on both sides. So there would be some some somebody would be worth getting right. It feels like imagine how bad the Pacers have been uh, defensively. Uh, but yeah. holy cow, is it hard to 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 guess <laughs> pre flop? It is. I'm almost to the point where I only want to play Clippers and GPPs because it's just so unknowing of who's going to step up or who Lou's going to give the ball to. Yep. I think Terrence Mann is like my my uh, favorite option uh, should he again be in the starting lineup. I don't blame you. I'll tell you, though, I've watched Amir Coffey recently. He has much improved. He's a guy that, you know, I think can continue the run in that rotation even when the big boys come back. Yeah, and uh, I, I think he is part of that starting lineup, and uh, he has definitely shown that he can handle some big league minutes. Two questions for you on the Pacers side. The two guys I have interest in, I'm I'm so like confused on Levert. So I've mm -hmm. I've been on him off, and he was one of my favorites. But ever since they announced like they're trying to trade him, and now he's playing point with Brogdon out basically, and it's just been sort of a mess. I mean that that Pacers team is a disaster. Now at seven nine, I know he can get there. I think he's a tremendous player, but he seems to be taking on this point guard role to the point where he's passing up shots. He used to be like, get the hell out of my way. I'm scoring. I'm grabbing every rebound and shot that I can. I'm the alpha out here, but I don't see that in the last week or two. And that's what scares me off of Levert. So I wanted to mention that because I'd love your take there. But the two guys I'm considering are a cheap Duarte at 5K. And then if I don't pay up, for both of the, the big fellas in the first game, 
I think Sabonis is in another spa- smash spot, and he's sub 10K. Yeah, Sabonis so, so is surely uh, the safest guy on the Pacers. Seems like pre-flop. There should be very little resistance from the uh, Clippers front court. Um, yeah. And Sabonis so has really picked up a lot of responsibility, a 23% usage rate this season uh, without uh, uh, Brogdon and Miles Turner. With a 22.7% assist percentage with a uh, 1.25 uh, DraftKings point per minute pace. So, you know, a buck and a quarter, as I like to say, uh, yeah. times that by 30, 35. And you're, you're, in, uh, you're in business, and we saw him in, in that game back. I know it went to overtime, but Sabonis has legitimate chance to be the highest fantasy scorer on any slate that he's on, especially in a split like this against a uh, – uh, a team where, uh, you know, the, the spread stays close enough, I think Sabonis could pop. Levert's definitely a little bit more of a problem child in terms of recency bias and success. Uh, yeah. On paper, he should sustain and enjoy a 26% usage rate without Brogdon, without Miles Turner, a 19% assist rate, actually lower than Sabonis, Sabonis there. Yeah, and, yeah I and, can't believe it. And under a fantasy point per minute. Uh, but when you look at his, you know, his last five games, I think we can – we can forgive some spots. I think the Dallas Mavericks have proven that they're a great defense. It was a lopsided game, so a uh, blowout uh, kind of pushed them away. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, we just, we'll talk about again later. They're kind of like the Clippers where offensively they're a mess, but somehow on defense they're still top half of the league. And I think a lot of that is because of Lou, Lou Dort. And uh, to have Lou Dort opposite him uh, in that OKC game, that held him to three for 19 shooting uh, and just yeah. 26 fantasy points, funneling more usage to uh, DeMontis Sabonis. Prior to that, a little bit of foul trouble against Charlotte, uh, and then New Orleans looked a little bit more like what we should expect, 20-plus shot attempts. So I, I do think there's a ceiling in Levert that if you are a mass entry player, that there's worth getting to some shares of him. Again, Fandle maybe leaves a little bit more meat on the bone at 7,200. Uh, it's a little less likely that he pops a, a big ceiling with Sabonis in the mix here. Uh, but if his ownership projects low enough, I'll probably get to a, a, a little bit of Levert. But uh, in 20 or less or, or single entry or something like that, don't think Levert would make the cut for me. Um, but I think uh, that's the beauty of multi-mass entry. Definitely. I'll tell you, I love Levert too. Like I said, I just, the, I, it seems like watching him, his mindset's a little bit different. I, and I know that you want to get out ahead of it. And the game that he decides, screw this, I'm taking over is the game you want to have him rostered. So maybe it's tonight, you know, it's, it's a possibility, but I'll tell you, I build a couple lineups gun with the double on the double center sites. And I have both Embiid and Sabonis and that looks tasty, you know? Yeah, and uh, even on Fandle, Sabonis could be power forward eligible. So there's plenty. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's right. Very nice. Well, hey, that's in in the running. It'll knock Jaw out, but you know, hey, maybe you go. We go big tonight. We'll see. All right, let's let's uh, move to the next one. We've got actually a a switch over to a seven thirty game finally, and uh, not very interested in certain spots in this one. But I'm I'm uh, looking forward to your take. It's the Sacramento Kings at the New York Knicks. Knicks favored by five and a half, 214 and a half total, 104.5 for the Sacramento Kings, uh, flat 110 for the New York Knicks. Coming into the game, uh, Sacramento, of always a dumpster fire, 18 and 33. Knicks, a bit of a dumpster fire themselves at 23 and 27, 
not expecting, you know, where they would be uh, when they were their fourth seed last year. Now they can't even seem to get to 500. Um, De'Aaron Fox questionable for like the fifth game in a row. So he missed the last one. I'm in my initial projections gun. I'm counting him out, but you know, that's completely unofficial. We need to follow that news. Uh, we do know that Bagley and Terrence Davis are out for the Knicks. We get the wonderful return of Kemba Walker, which, uh, his defensive prowess is pretty legendary on the bad side of the coin. So that does help either Fox or Halliburton. But other than that, just D Rose is out for being old. I get that. I'm in that uh, category. And Nerland's Noel probably back just to have more fun with the Robinson, Noel, and Gibson rotation. So what do you think about this game, dude? I just, I mean, let me let me throw the numbers at you real quick. I, I don't want to forget to do that. It is uh both teams on an island game, if that helps you. Sacramento seventh in pace, Knicks slowest team in the league, dead last. Defensively, Sacramento horrific, 29th. And the Knicks have fallen out of the top 10. They are 11th. Yeah. So, um, like you said, pace is you're, down. You're at a loss for words. <laughs> no, the pace is definitely uh, way down. The Knicks did us a solid and gave us their starting lineup. Uh, confirmed last night, which thank you, Tom Thibodeau. Sure, yeah, what um, was that about? I don't get I don't it. Know. Uh, Darren Fox, uh, missing uh, a stretch of games. If he's going to remain questionable on the road, like you, I pretty much anticipate him being out until he's in. Uh, and if he's out uh, joining Terrence Davis, we've seen a lot of minutes there for Tyrese Halliburton, picks up the usage and the uh, assist rate goes to the moon. It also opens up an opportunity for Davion Mitchell and Buddy Hield uh, to get um, some run here. And if Buddy Hield gets a shot at 30 plus minutes, uh, uh, the Knicks are, while they're really, really slow, they chuck a lot of threes. And uh, the Kings might have to respond by chucking some threes because uh, the uh, their offense is so bad. And I can see them getting behind uh, pretty quickly, pretty fastly. Um, it's it's if there if the Aaron Fox is in, uh, it becomes a little bit more blurry between him and Hallie Burton, and maybe the median outcome is that neither one of them are, are optimal at the end of the day. So I, we'll wrestle with the, the Fox dudes, but I, like I said, I'm I'm from this far out, can expect him to be closer to out with Marvin Bagley uh, down. Uh, we could see Chemezi Metu pick up some extra minutes here. We could see Harrison Barnes get pushed to the four at some times. Maybe that creates a three-guard set with Davion Mitchell and Buddy Hield uh, in the lineup with Hallie Burton. Uh, and I do like that lineup for Hallie Burton's assist potential. On the Knicks side, uh, Kemba Walker, I don't like to play him, but I would concede that he and Evan Fournier on Fandle under 5K each. There's a world where against the Kings defense, uh, they can they can pop some value. Kemba, I think, is shooting guard eligible for some reason. Don't quote yeah. me on that. Uh, and the Julius Randle on Fandle is really, really cheap at 8,300. And none of these names are fun to click, especially recently. Uh, yeah. Last couple games, though, for the Knicks have come against some tough matchups. Uh, uphill battle against Milwaukee. Milwaukee, one of the toughest teams uh, in preventing points in the paint top three. So Randle's matchup wasn't pristine Miami one of the top three teams at preventing points in the paint we know Cleveland's tough on bigs uh when Evan Mobley's involved in the mix so this is 
probably the best matchup for Julius Randle in over a week. Uh, and it's, when it comes to points in the paint, there's no team that gives up more points in the paint than Sacramento Kings. So I do think Julius Randle has some room from ups, up for upside, more so on that Fanduel price, the 8,300. Uh, 40, 50 fantasy points is not out the realm of possibility. So that's kind of the names I'm circling. Most of my interest in this game is from a FanDuel point of view. Uh, and the Kings are, you know, the Kings are still liable to get blown out of the gym. Um, but uh, there, there are some price points and some usage bump opportunities that would make this game fun for tournaments. Yeah, I, you know, I think it's going to be sort of low, low owned. And it is only a five and a half. Uh, spread right now and i don't know if that has the fox uh you know in or out with with vegas's initial line here but i just you know it seems like the the it, you get stung on the knicks so much it's it's mm-hmm. very hard to go back to him and i do agree with you this is the best spot for randall a long time uh you know he needs a big game they're desperate for a win we know tibbs plays his guys a ton of minutes i mean you I want to put Baird in there. I want to put Randall in there, but I just don't know if I have the guts to do it. They've been so, their team has been so bad. Plus, you know, you're wearing the New York uh, colors there. So the Knicks, the Knicks fans can be a little rough. I know they were booing Julius just the other day. And I was like, wow, this is, you were chanting MVP. Every time you got to the foul line, now you're booing the guy. So, Hey, you know, you got to perform or you're not going to get the applause. So, does that go against him or for him? I mean, he seems like a tough guy, and I think you know he wants to prove people right. So, I think you're if you do play uh, multiple entries, you got to have some Julius Randall in there. I agree with you because he could go sixty burger on us. You know, it's possible. But you know, I only build a couple of lineups, generally more cash. I just don't think I have the 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 stones to do it. I would like to. Because I think he's a, a decent play, but uh, it's going to be a hard call. I mean, this this game's difficult all the way around. I will say, if Fox is ruled out, I think Halliburton becomes a very important play for me because that defensive backcourt of Walker and Fournier, yikes! You and I could maybe <laughs> hit ten points. <laughs> so Halliburton, if he splits with Fox, that gets me off to Schneid. I probably won't go there, but if he sits, Halliburton's going to be a tough pass for me. Yeah, I'm with you. Hallie Wharton looks really, really good. All right, man. We're halfway through. Four down, four to go. Real quick, check out Gundacker on YouTube and Twitter, at Gundacker. I really appreciate you taking the time to, you know, do some cross promo here. We're just uh, repping each other and helping each other grow. We're doing it right. And uh, I'd love to have anybody listening jump in, check out our info Uh, We're at DFS Coach Talk on Twitter. You can also check us out at DFSCoachTalk.com. We have all kinds of memberships there, even as little as a three-day for 10 bucks if you want to dip your toe in the water. But uh, all right, let's get on. (laughs) What's that? Hey, Coach. A little bit of news. Joel Embiid just got ruled out. What? Okay. So Andre Drummond is entered the chat. Well, Andre Drummond will be probably the highest owned player on the slate. Or what's his price? Did it go down yet? Yeah, he is definitely very cheap. He is thirty seven hundred on DraftKings. Uh, lock him in. You know what though? That does just open up my discussion for my other big though, 
you know, it could be Sabonis and Drummond at the coach talk line up here. Yeah. Yeah, Drummond's going to make a lot happen. I mean, what does it change for you in the other aspects? Does it make Tobias Harris now a, a chalk play as well? The entire Sixers team becomes stackable. Uh, Joel Embiid, look at the game. Uh, he represents 30 real points a game right now. So they're going to have to compensate for that elsewhere. I don't know that Drummond's going to score 30 real points. He might have a shot at a 20-20, something like that. But I think more use is there for Tobias Harris, for Tyrese Maxey, for Seth Curry. They all definitely become exponentially better plays. Tremendously. I can't believe that news. I did not see that coming. And I will tell you, I happened to look at this yesterday, so I, I don't know if it's accurate to today, but it was yesterday. The last 10 games, would you believe Joel Embiid has the highest usage rate in the league, even yeah. higher than the Joker and Luka? Yeah, so, his his he's got a real shot at uh, MVP. I know Jokic is at the, the odds on favor right now, but Embiid's yeah. numbers are right there. Man, I, there's no question. Well, that does change things. You know, fire up a little Maxi, a little Curry, Harris – you know, Drummond. Now that game even takes on more meaning uh, for, you know, that game staying close. I think Memphis almost becomes the favorite here, don't they? We, yeah, I think it was two points. I think Joel Embiid's probably worth more than two points uh, to that spread. So there's a yeah. good chance that maybe it's a pick em, home team hook, but uh, I would set the line as Memphis as the favorite here. Wow, that is huge news. Breaking live. I love it, man. Love it, love it. All right, we're going through game five. Here we go. We got uh, another 7.30 game, and this one's very interesting. Miami Heat, Boston Celtics, Boston favored by three and a half, an anemic 208 total, 102.25 for Miami, 105.75 for the Boston Celtics. Miami comes in 32 and 18, Boston 26 and 25. Questionable tag on guess who? Jimmy Buckets again. Do Is he in? Is he out? It changes everything in the game, both on offense and defense for the Heat. That is a pain in the neck, not knowing if he's playing. The guys we do know that are out are Lowry, Morris, Akpala, Oladipo, and Yurt Saban. Is he your favorite guy because of the Yurt yeah. thing? Yeah, he's up there. <laughs> Just a good little, little fun. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And then on Boston side, it's just Langford and Bull Bull. Langford's uh, doubtful. So Boston's pretty healthy. Uh, Miami, if they can get Butler to play here, this could be a really good game, but probably a, a, a lousy one for DFS purposes. I mean, you look at this. First of all, it's the first night of a back-to-back -back for Butler. That's probably why he's questionable. Either play tonight or tomorrow. I would think he'd want to play this one against Boston, but we'll see. But you've got 29th and 25th in pace, Gun. I mean, that's horrible. And then you have two of the top six teams in the league in defense, mm -hmm. six Miami, Boston, four. I mean, is this just flat out a pass game? Yeah, and I think Miami could profile better defensively um, if they had more out-of-bio games to, to fill out that sample size. And Jimmy. I've yeah. yeah. J so Jimmy is somebody I think could rest tonight, play tomorrow, because you remember, he just got out of triple overtime. His last game was like 52 minutes. Uh, so they might, uh, you know, put some ice on, on that ankle and uh, let him go. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, that's that's definitely going to be 
big news because if he can't go, it'll boost Tyler Hero a little bit and uh, Bam Adebayo. While his uh, real scoring might be limited against a you know top three team at points in the paint, Adebayo doesn't shoot long long range. Uh, right. His general usage goes up, the assist percentage goes up, and we've seen him get triple doubles without Jimmy Butler uh, in the past. So uh, there would be some. You know, shots in the dark we're taking. Uh, and then Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, their path to success, getting a, a little less Jimmy defense. It's a little bit better. Um, I would probably not want to have more than like one player from each team in, in, in some lineups. So I might run some Bam at a Tatum at a uh, Brown, but I'll, I'll almost certainly have no overlap between Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Uh, and then if Butler did play under Nike on DraftKings, still think that's a little too cheap for you know a guy who does everything and will likely be the de facto point guard. Uh, but it from a grand scheme of thing, the check boxes, you know, the two of the slowest paced teams, two great defenses. There's not a lot to like here, but sometimes two negatives equal a positive in uh defensive uh chess matches give us a couple of uh down to the wire finishes and uh you know <laughs> triple overtime is a range outcome, I guess. You never know, man. And I'll tell you, I I want to watch this game as the, my favorite game to watch for the pure basketball sense. But as of right now, if Buck, if Jimmy plays, I don't want anybody from this game. Just gonna make save us all time and effort. I mean, I'm not paying 10-6 for Tatum, 8-8 for Brown, or 7-2 for Williams against that Miami defense. And you know, granted, you know, that the prices aren't as bad for Miami, but if if Butler sits, I will consider 6-2 hero or 7-5 bam, but only if Jimmy sits. Other than that, man, I I'm willing to just move on. Yeah, I, I don't think uh, I'd lose sleep if, uh, you know, on this big of a slate, I X this one out. I'm with you. All right, three games uh, left here. Toronto Raptors, Atlanta Hawks, Atlanta by one, 219.5 total, 109.25 for Toronto, 110.25 for the Atlanta Hawks. In this one, we know Atlanta's on the second night of a back-to-back, so that comes into play here. Toronto comes in 24 and 23. Atlanta uh, back to 24 and 25, so they're starting to put a little bit together with some wins here. And they have zero people listed uh, injury-wise, which doesn't happen anymore. For Toronto, uh, they're pretty healthy too. Uh, David Johnson, probable, not that he matters. Kem Birch, Goran Dragic, who I think is going to be a Dallas Maverick on February 10th, but that's another story. So both of these teams are healthy, uh, ready to go, interesting game. Again, you've got, uh, you know, Toronto 26th in pace, Atlanta 19th. I'm surprised Atlanta doesn't play faster, but it is what it is. But the, the thing defensively, they both struggle. Toronto's all the way down in the bottom half of the league now at 17th. And that's been the Achilles heel for Atlanta all season. They're 27th. So a lot of higher price guys here that I don't really think deserve to be there with everybody sharing usage. And I, I really, even though it's a 219 and a half and only a one point spread, I'm not crazy about this game gun. Yeah. I, with Toronto, I think what makes them uh, most alluring to me is that Nick Nurse has one of the tightest minute rotations in all of basketball. So you mentioned Atlanta Hawks defensively on the season, boasting what a bottom four defensive efficiency, 100 and, uh, 114 points per 100 possessions. Terrible. 
So yeah. if guys like Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam are live to play 40 minutes in regulation, I mean 40 minutes. That's what they've been doing. You know, 40 minutes against the top, you know, bottom four defense. That dog will hunt every now and then. So I, I don't mind getting some shares of them. Probably had to stagger them. I think efficient pricing on both sides for the Raptors. Uh, and as far as the Raptors defensive rating, they really haven't had a stretch this season where the whole team's been healthy. Siakam's missed sure. a, a bunch on Anobi, uh, Barnes. So you look at these guys and their archetypes. I think their defense is only going to uh, uh, improve. Uh, yeah. So maybe I, 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 you know, I've been kind of playing, uh, you know, lower on the on the picking on their season uh, efficiency and, and expecting progression. Right. But but yeah, I think uh I think Van Vliet and Siakam are, are in the pool just because they're they're live to play 40 minutes in, in this spot and, and Gary Trent on both sides, six K, uh he has a shot at you know fifteen shot attempts or, or more. A lot of those are gonna be from behind the arc and against the, the Hawks. I'll, I'll have some shares here. But under Nobi's kind of a hard click to feel great about with all those guys in eight seventy four hundred. I need north side of forty fantasy points for him. Just about everyone not named Gary Trent to feel like I'm getting a bargain. Um, but you know, 40 minutes is 40 minutes and, and Nick nurse is letting him go. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell you a couple of things here. I'm going to take a stand against the Raptors. One thing I, you know, you guys know from listening that our listeners, I take some pretty stiff stance. I mean, I know these Toronto Raptors are good and Atlanta's defense is poor. I just here there's several reasons. Let me just touch on it real quickly. Number one, you made a perfect point about the Raptors and Nick Nurse and their defense. Since he's taken over as coach, they've never fin finished below 12th in the league in defense. That says a lot. And on top of that, about three days ago, he came out in the press and said, you know, I know I've been playing these guys a ton of minutes. We are now going to go to like a 10-man rotation. That's what he said. Not that that means yeah. you take stock in it, but at least he came out and said it he knew he was overplaying, you know, Fred Van Vliet leads the league in minutes played, you know, and, you know, the, you just can't bury these guys or they're going to have nothing left in the playoffs. So I think that is another factor. And then the third thing is it is the first night of a back-to-back, -back, if I forgot to mention that, for Toronto. So they do play tomorrow. So for all those reasons and on top of everything else, I just think they're overpriced and they all got higher prices because the other guys were always out. But 8-7 for Van Vliet, even 7-4 for Ananobi, 7 for Barnes, and 9-6 for Siakam. Uh, you know, you can't even get value with like a 5-2 Boucher or anything. So I just, I'm not going Toronto tonight. That could be the, the, the make or break it thing for me. I just don't feel great about it. And then on the, uh, you know, being a back-to-back, Trey Young at 10K, I know he's awesome, but I see other spots that I want to pay up to. You can, there's a smattering of, of value with all the rest of the guys from Herder to Hunter to Collins to Capella to Bogdanovich, but I don't know, man. This just, this game doesn't smell right to me, sir. I think I'm going to fade most of it. Yeah, uh, for the most part, I agree with uh, much of that. Collins, Capella, they're under 7K on, on DK. Aaron Allen, I can see 30 plus. And then Trey Young, $1,000 discount on Fandle versus DK. So when I get to a little bit more of Fandle, I still have yeah. Trey Young coming in as a you know top five projected player. So um, the Fandle 9K price point, I might get some shares, but like, like you know, I. 
I'm multi-enter, so I have a little bit more, you know, equity in uh, uh, real estate to give up uh, yeah. in, in terms of exposure. But uh, yeah, it's reasonable to be skittish on, on uh, both sides here. I, you know, Nick Nurse, man, every time he says something, uh, it puts me off of somebody. And I, I that same quote uh, against the Heat, I was like, nah, okay, so I don't need to do it. And he only went to three guys off the bench for like, yeah. less than of 40 minutes total. Yeah, yeah. Some guys they just blow smoke to try to throw off game plans. I think for the other coaches, I totally get that and uh, uh, makes perfect sense. But we'll see. I mean, I I'd still think that Van Van Vliet, for example, cannot keep up this pace if he's going to have any playoff push if they do make it. Yeah. All right, man. We got two late games. Guess what? They're at eight o'clock though. <laughs> Good sleep for us. Uh, grinders here eight two eight o'clock games to finish out the slate golden state warriors at the houston rockets and we've got the one game certainly with blowout potential i'm not one to ever predict blowouts but i game script and i've got to mention it because it's already golden state by 11 it's at houston it's 228 and a half total but there are a few things uh, golden state is on the first night of a back-to-back, -back, which makes a big difference. Houston on an island game. So, but, you know, with that 228.5 total, it's the biggest on the board. Real healthy, 119.75 for Golden State, 108.75 for the Houston Rockets. Obviously, we know two teams going in opposite directions, 37 and 13 Warriors against the 14 and 35 Houston Rockets. Bielitsa questionable for Golden State. We know that Draymond's still out along with Iggy, Porter, and Wiseman. So a little shorthanded there for Golden State, especially uh, on the bigs. Houston, uh, Kevin Porter is important news. He's questionable, and that does affect that rotation big time. Uh, Garuba and Wall still out for Houston. So if you look at this game, you got you know just two opposites all the way around. Golden State, uh, 12th in pace. Houston, number one. So Golden State, you know, decent pace, but this is their best situation for pace up. That's why you got the big implied total. Uh, defensively, though, end of the spectrums. Golden State, one. Houston, 30. So does this game blow out? I know for some of our listeners that may have not listened to you a lot yet, Gundak, or hopefully they all will now. But uh, what do you do in situations like this where it just – really reeks of a possible blowout do you can how much do you weigh that because i think that's a lot of people say you're crazy you can't ever predict that they win all the time flat out but i don't know i'm a game scripter man i i it concerns me because you lose that last five minutes or so of run for a guy like steph curry you're screwed so what do you think yeah generally i agree with that i, I think tonight you you could apply that to to the DraftKings price point on Steph Curry 11K. He's okay. 9,300 on Fanduel. That's a two thousand dollar discount. Um, so I even three quarters might make Curry live against a, a team like the Rockets. Uh, Rockets one of the fastest paced teams, worst defense. That's a combo you like to have. Uh, the Warriors defensively are number one on the season, uh, but they do take a little bit of a hit without Draymond Green. They don't go to like bottom five or nothing like that, but they're a little bit more league average uh, in the path of success in that front court. Definitely exists. 
Um, but I'll, I'll be interested in, in, in Curry on Fanduel. Andrew Wiggins is another guy I'm kind of in, in, invested in this far out. Uh, I, I joked about it earlier. It's kind of like a reverse All Star narrative where yeah. you know some guys don't make the All Star team and feel like they got something to prove. Well, he made right. the All Star team, and since you know since then has dropped a, a reasonable thirty nine to forty nine fantasy points, and he's going against you know a cupcake matchup, uh, and I think he's still too cheap for the minutes coming his way. And Iguodala, Otto Porter, Draymond Green out, and potentially Nemanja Bielisa. There's a lot of more. Uh, there's more implied minutes for for Wiggins here. So I, I, I'm. I think I'm going to have more Wiggins than I, I probably should have. Uh, yeah. And then uh, I, I just think generally uh, the the Warriors come in pretty cheap, other than Curry on either side. That three quarters might make a couple of these guys playable, and Jonathan Kaminga. And maybe Wantos Conor Anderson would benefit uh, in that front court, and even Kevin Looney, who probably will ne- not be a thought now since Andre Drummond has opened up. Uh, but right. I was thinking about him this morning. He's been a rebound machine, uh, and then the yeah. Rockets are, are, are a team that will let you get plenty of rebounds with, with their pacing. Um, on the Rocket side, Kevin Porter Jr. is in health and safety protocol, so it blows my mind that he's questionable after one game, uh, but I don't know the rules. <laughs> these these they seem protocol. to change a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, so if he can't go, that'll be a boost for, for Christian Woods' overall usage. And we've seen big minutes opportunity for Eric Gordon, Jalen Green, uh, maybe Gar- Garrison Matthews, some of these young guns that can uh, uh, shoot and maybe uh, keep this game within 20 to keep uh, Curry's uh, Jordans on the court or his under armors on the court. Yeah. Yeah, it's. I mean, this is so hard to, a game to figure. I mean, I I love your point about Wiggins because I we've never had a reverse All Star <laughs> situation narrative before, and it is. He's trying to prove his worth. And you know, I also noticed watching that last game, the, his teammates are trying to lift him up, like give him mm-hmm. the ball more, set more plays for him, because they want him to feel, you know, the the heat to stop about why the hell is he an All Star starter, which I think is complete horseshit by the way anyway but that's a whole nother story but anyway the i get that and it's six six you know you got to consider him i mean and it's against houston for god's sake so if it does stay close at all at that price he's great uh you know clay isn't quite back yet he's getting closer you know i'm tempted you know but we have to see if he's in for sure he's certainly not going to play uh both nights of a back-to-back you would think they'd want him for tomorrow rather than this Rockets game. So keep the news there. The guy I like, I like Kaminga, man. He's only 4K on DraftKings. He's got so much potential. Did you see his dunk the other night? Mm-hmm. That was nuts. But I just, I think he could get minutes. He's sort of blowout proofish of any kind. He's going to get mop-up run as well. And they're going to, I just, I think they want to get him more minutes on the floor. I know there's some, you know, implied risk there. Because if it does somehow stay close, he could get bumped off the floor. But, you know, Kaminga for 4K seems like a great value guy that will help me get in some other pieces. Um, But other than that, you know, if Porter's in, I think he's very playable. Uh, If not, you know, you can look at a Jalen Green at 4.7. He's improving a bit. But and then Christian Wood, like you said, just from a you should standpoint, shot, attempts, uh, eight six is pretty good, but uh, Looney is a good defender, man. He gets position, he's not super athletic, but he just understands angles and the game. And he is totally bought into Kerr's defensive schemes. 
And the way they rotate some guys in, uh, you know, it just doesn't seem like people smash them inside like you would think that they would at times. So even though this is the highest game on the slate, this isn't going to be my highest ownership. Uh, but I do think there's some good value pieces, maybe one off on each side. I agree. All right. Last game. Portland Trailblazers, Oklahoma City Thunder, Portland minus three and a half, 217 and a half total, 110 and a half for Portland, 107 for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Portland comes in 21 and 29, Oklahoma City 14 and 34. The man with the cool hair that I'd like to borrow, CJ Elby, is out, or no, questionable. He might play. The hair may show up. He is questionable. The guy's out. Lillard, Little, Nance, Zeller. For the Thunder, the big news is no SGA. So everybody's going to get giddy about this game. And I, you can take old dad jokes, right? You can yeah. Take <laughs> and then uh, this is a guy I could never pronounce. One of our listeners sent me a pronunciation. Vit Krejcik. There you go. He's out. So just wanted to mention him because I'm so proud that I can pronounce his name now. Um, <laughs> all right. This, this game's so interesting, man. I Portland's on the second night of a back-to-back. They're 18th at pace, Thunder 16th. Nothing to write home about. Portland's defense sucks. They're 28th. Thunder have maintained right in the middle of the pack somehow at 14th. I, you know, I sort of like this game, Gunn. What do you think? Yeah, SGA represents a lot. Uh, uh, what I would have some cause for concern on, by the way, worth noting that uh, some of the news that just came out, Jeremiah Robinson Earl was uh, def- sent down to the G League. They yeah. called Isaiah Roby, but he's not going to play tonight. So you might get some like Derek Favors, uh, Mike Muscala action in that front court. Um, yeah. Muscala finished I- the last game, by the way. Yeah, not that I'm running to play those guys, especially when Andre Drummond exists. But uh, can I can I put out here Gundacker, Mike Muscal, a top play of the day, and run that on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might I might lose subscribers. <laughs> um, but uh, what I what I am worried about, and I think it's worth bringing up here, is that uh, the uh, Oklahoma State Thunder have the worst offensive rating in all of basketball. Yeah, and that's with SGA, who's clearly their best player. And uh, it's one we saw earlier this season. Now, Giddy was out that game too, I believe, or Lou Dort, one or the other, if not both, uh, where they lost by 50 points to the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, so I worry about their offense being able to put up, put up some points here. Um, but uh, on paper, the usage is there, and the Blazers' defensive uh, rating is pretty poor, so that there is hope. And these newfound elevated usage rates and minutes for the Thunder, uh, Josh Giddy. Fandle 5700 feels like a free square. Uh, 7300. I appreciate that they priced him up a little bit, but I still think there's some meat on the bone because he just stuffs the stats. He does a little bit of everything. Trey yeah. Mann's pretty cheap on both sides. Lou Dort, uh, attainable on both sides. So I think the Thunder will be a uh, volatile yet popular and very reasonable source of value, but also ownership tonight. Uh, and then the Blazers, 
a little bit harder to predict pre-flop since CJ McCollum's been uh, reinserted back into the starting lineup. Going to absorb a lot of the uh, the usage here. Yusuf Nurkic still playing 30 plus minutes and uh, on the season, you know, front court um, has been a honey hole for fantasy points to opposing bigs. So there's a path to success for Nurkic. I'm getting nearly a 50 fantasy point projection on FanDuel uh, at 7,900. So I'm going to be involved. We just saw what Sabonis was able to do. Uh, but obviously with Simons, with McCollum, with Powell, uh, with Nurkic, there's enough potential cannibalism within each other that uh, maybe they, uh, a couple of these guys can't coexist ceiling wise. So I might have to throttle and govern, uh, you know, exposure if this guy's right. in, don't have that guy. But generally, I like this should be a really fun game for fantasy. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe not as much for from a real life fan standpoint but for fantasy we should be able to walk away from this one with some uh some fantasy viability as the 8 p.m eastern late night hammers man that's a beautiful thing <laughs> that is weird you know I, i'm with you on nurk i mean yeah his price is is you know where it probably should be he's eight three on DraftKings, better deal on fanduel but man that interior like we just said i mean are they going to play basely at the big a little bit is it going to be just all muscala and favors i mean it's not pretty so you would think nurk would eat their lunch in the paint uh definitely very tempting um maybe a pivot you know from from one of the other bigs that we talked about but certainly somebody that i'm considering uh you know the portland guys from simon's mccullum Powell, and covington they're all you know not overpriced at all you're getting good mid-level pricing but the question is, where does the usage fall with those guys? You know, how does that sit? I'm hoping the game stays close, like the, the line says, because I wouldn't mind having a, a couple of trailblazers, uh, no question. And then I agree with you. I think, you know, Josh Giddy, uh, free square to some extent. Uh, I always, you know, say a chalk blocker because, you know, if Giddy does have one of his triple doubles and get it done, in that late game and you don't have him and he's owned, you know, 68% or whatever, very hard pill to swallow. So maybe somebody you have to force in there a little easier on FanDuel than DraftKings, but I think it's, he's definitely uh, worth mentioning. Other than that, with the Thunder, man, it's a crapshoot. They, you never know who all is going to play. You know, they, they rotate guys are bringing guys up and down from the G league all the time. It's, it gets a little confusing, but I will definitely have some, uh, you know, actually more exposure there than in the uh, game that's 10 points higher in the spread, the other 8 o'clock game. So we'll see. It's it's always good to be a little contrarian anyway. So that is good. All right, man, we got it. Eight up, eight down, broke them down game by game. I think that'll give everybody a good head start and build their lineups. You want to plug anything or throw anything out there, Gun? Uh, yeah, I got it. two more live streams today. Uh, on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash gundacker. We'll look at some prop picks and then also uh, uh, look at the slate again uh, with uh, hopefully a little bit more news. Absolutely. And definitely tune in, check them out. Uh, gundacker is awesome, one of the best in the business. I'd uh, love to come on and, and do your live stream with you again anytime. Just let me know. And we'd love to have you back here too. It's a real treat for our members and listeners. And uh, really enjoyed it, man. Uh, you're fantastic and wish you the best. And let's keep on building this together. Hopefully it's uh, Gundacker and Coach Talk just moving right up to the top, taking on the big boys. Let's, let's go. <laughs> 
All right, buddy. Appreciate you. Thanks again. Thanks to everybody for listening in. Um, I'll be back tomorrow. It's a good Tuesday slate, by the way, gun seven games. So uh, yeah. they broke it up better this, this week than last week. So it should be a, a good game, a good slate tomorrow. So I will be back for sure. For those uh, of you who appreciate you listening every day, check us out at DFSCoachTalk.com. And I will definitely be back tomorrow when we look to crush it in DFS.